We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome into another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl you can follow the podcast at pack a day podcast Thanks for being here today. Today is going to be one of my favorite episodes I've done in a while. We are going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers at the onset here, but I've been telling you for a while, if I had my choice between talking about guys like Luke Tenuta or going over Aaron Rodgers offseason, is he going to be back or is he not going to be back? I'd rather be talking about Luke Tenuta. So today I'm going to talk about Luke Tenuta and some other Packers who are flying potentially under the radar. We'll get to that in just a moment. Let's start with our Aaron Rodgers news for the day per the one and only Aaron Nagler over at Cheesehead TV. He said that the one and only Aaron Rodgers is right now, at least he was on Friday night, in New York City. Probably, probably much ado about nothing, right? New York City's a big city. There's a lot that goes on there. Aaron Rodgers, kind of an important guy, probably had something going on in New York. Probably. That being said, it is slightly interesting, if nothing else, that the team that's maybe most likely to trade for Aaron Rodgers just happens to be in New York City. And we're in the time where Aaron just said 
that he is going to make a decision very soon. And if that decision, or at least let's put it this way, right? If Aaron wants to have all of the information at his disposal so that he can make an educated decision, wouldn't he maybe just want to talk to the team first that he could potentially get traded to before deciding if he would like to go to another team, go to Green Bay or retire? Maybe he wants to meet with the Jets. And I'm sure if he wanted to, Green Bay would probably give him permission to do that. Like I said, the more likely scenario is that it's probably much ado about nothing. Or maybe as you're listening to this, the news is already broke that it was much ado about nothing or it was much ado about something. But as I sit here and record this late on Friday night, there has been no confirmation as to what he is doing in New York. And it could just be that he is there for fun and whatever the case may be. But it is interesting nonetheless. So we will keep an eye on that and see if anything else comes out of that. But uh, it's not impossible that he could be doing some you know, information gathering to the team that could, again, be most likely to trade for him this upcoming offseason, especially if the Raiders are out. And yeah, there's just in that, like the, the amount of teams that are potentially interested that Green Bay would actually also you know, maybe listen to trade offers from is, you know, starts to dwindle after that. And the Jets probably make the most sense. So like I said, tough to say if it's something tough to say if it's nothing, but it is interesting that he is there nonetheless. So we'll keep an eye on that moving forward. The only other piece of news before we get to our main topic is that per Ian Rappaport, Randall Cobb had surgery to clean out the back of his ankle and that will help him play pain-free moving forward. If he wants to play, uh, Rappaport also said that Cobb continues to weigh his future in what he wants to do and if he wants to continue to play football. So that is worth noting as well, but hopefully Randall is recovering well and will soon be without pain. And hopefully if he does want to play in 2023, he'll be able to do uh, do so at a high level for whichever team he ultimately ends up playing for. All right, that does it for news and notes. Let's get to our main topic for today. And that is 10 players that I think are flying under the radar that could, could, and I want to emphasize could, maybe help Green Bay in 2023 slash 2024. Now, this is always, this is what, like I said, these these topics are some of my absolute favorites because I love the hidden gems. I love the deep dives. I love the guy who could maybe come in and play, you know, some snaps and actually be successful, right? Some guys on my list in the past have been Alex Light, Tim Boyle, Raven Green, Robert Tunyon, Kentrell Bryce, like those type of players. Those are, and you might say, well, like Andy, Alex Light, Alex Light, really? He was one of your guys? Like he was terrible. He got in and Joey Bosa basically kicked him out of the league. And you're right, he did. And he was not good as a starter. But you have to remember, Alex Light was a unknown, undrafted free agent. So for him to actually not only make a 53-man roster, but survive in the league for a couple seasons and actually get legitimate playing time, I don't know how to tell you like that is an incredible success story for a guy like Alex Light. And Tim Boyle, same thing, right? So Tim Boyle, you might say like, man, you know, he, after Green Bay, he went to Detroit, really struggled in Detroit, went to Chicago, got like a half in Chicago, really struggled. And that's true. But this guy had one of the worst stat lines in college football history. And to randomly get picked up as an undrafted free agent and last in the NFL now for what, I think five years and actually make starts in the NFL, that is an insane success story. So the in all likelihood, a lot of the guys that I'm going to cover today will amount to almost nothing in the NFL. That's the literal truth of it. 
all right? Some of these guys, actually any of them, any of the 10 could get, almost any of the 10 could get released tomorrow and you would be like, ah, I guess, you know, who knows? Maybe there was some issue or whatever and it, it, you know, you're probably not losing any sleep over it, right? On the other side, I think any of these 10 could be maybe a couple other guys that I didn't name that have come out of nowhere to be successful. Yash Nyman is maybe a phenomenal example of this. A guy who was an undrafted free agent, stuck around for a couple redshirt seasons, and became a legitimate starting offensive tackle in Green Bay. That is an incredible success story. If you remember the Yash Nyman story, the, the guy was the prototypical offensive tackle. Size, height, athletic ability, all of it. Like you looked at the guy and you're like, that, that's a that's a first round pick left tackle but he never put it together in college and was just extremely unrefined and just needed time to develop. Green Bay redshirted him for a couple of years, gave him that time to develop, and they got a pretty darn good player out of that. Another couple of guys like Colin Jenkins. Colin Jenkins is a great undrafted story, uh, you know, undrafted free agent story. Tremont Williams, he wasn't an initial undrafted free agent by Green Bay, but ends up in Green Bay. He's a guy that comes out of nowhere. That'd be like the equivalent of like a Keandre Thomas for Green Bay right now, coming in and having one of the all-time great Green Bay Packer careers. Like that's what basically Tremont Williams was, just an undrafted guy for another team. Green Bay picks him up and you know he, the, the rest was history, right? Robert Tunyon, undrafted free agent from the Lions. He was a wide receiver. Green Bay turned him tight end and the rest was history. Tunyon was a guy I really liked too. Um, I remember his first practice. He he had a pass that he hit up the seam. It was uh, it was Jimmy Graham and, and Mercedes Lewis's first practice that was open to the public. And I see a tight end running up the seam and I'm like, man, Jimmy Graham looks good. And it was Robert Tunyon. I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And of course, he's had a really nice career for Green Bay. So those are the type of players we're going to discuss. Like I said, most of these guys, maybe all of these guys amount to nothing, but they are intriguing to me in some way, shape, or form. And I do think they're potentially hidden gems with a couple of these maybe being able to make more of an impact than the others. Number 10 on my list, and these are not in any specific order. The first two on my list are the first two on my list because they are less hidden gems than a lot of the other players on the list. And number 10 is Samori Touré. Now, I, everyone knows Samori Touré at this point, right? Seventh round pick a season ago. Flash had the big touchdown, uh, what, against the Buffalo Bills, I think it was. Like, we know who Samori Touré is. So saying he's like a hidden gem might be a little bit, you know, disingenuous maybe, but he's still a very interesting player to me. He had very minimal snaps, right? And he had five catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. He only had 87 pass snaps last year. And a lot of those 87 pass snaps were not intended or targeted for him. So it's not like he was the primary read on those 87 pass snaps. And the fact that he gets, you know, five catches, 82 yards and a touchdown and 87 pass snaps is pretty darn impressive. The reason why I think he's maybe flying a little bit under the radar even, and I've mentioned this in the past, is that Brian Gutekunst twice, I think it was Gutekunst twice and LaFleur once, maybe it was LaFleur twice and Gutekunst once, I forget which order it was, but three times between Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur at the end of the season and in the post-season press conferences, Samore Toure came up unprompted. Nobody asked about Samore Toure, yet his name got mentioned three times by the head coach and the general manager. So this is a player that they are highly aware of, that they clearly think can be a player for this team. And, and right now, as of this moment, now things are clearly going to change, but as of this moment, he's wide receiver number three. It's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samore Toure. And then it's Bo Melton. And then there's not a whole, I think Jeff Cotton's on the team. You got a couple of you know, practice squad type guys, but like, that's it. 
right? Lazard free agent, Cobb free agent. Like you're just, you, you start not having very many guys, right? So as of this moment, Samori Toure is wide receiver number three, but his odds of making the 53 next year are almost no matter what Green Bay does, they're going to be pretty decent. And I, like I said, I, I, he flashed, there was a, there was a mini camp practice. It was a mini camp, it was a mini camp or OTA. It was indoors. And Rogers wasn't, I don't think Rogers was there if memory serves. I think it was Jordan Love doing the majority of it, but they had like a two minute drill and not pads or anything like that. But Samori Tour, I think had three catches on the two minute drill. Like he just, and I think he had the, he got down to the one if, if memory serves, but like he had a really big day, like almost as soon as he got to Green Bay. And he's just been consistent and impressive. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in year two. Number nine on my list is very similar. Another seventh round pick who maybe didn't have the flash that Samari Toure did. Maybe didn't get mentioned twice by the, you know, three times by the coach and the general manager. But Tariq Carpenter is a very interesting player. He was awesome, like low-key awesome on special teams last year. Really started to make a name for himself there. Based on his special teams play, I would expect him very much to be on the 53, almost no matter what. But I legitimately think he could potentially take a jump and would not surprise me if he got himself involved in like a hybrid linebacker safety role where he had a legitimate role on the team in some sort. Now, it's a little bit tougher because Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell are less likely to come off the field because they have some pass defense ability and are true legitimate linebackers at that position. But if one of those guys were to get hurt and you wanted to stay in nickel and you wanted a, a pass defender, um, you know, more than a, you know, big physical inside linebacker, Tariq Carpenter, I think legitimately could play that Raven Green type of role. And he has a little bit more size and bulk. This is a guy at strong safety that tested out as a 90th percentile athlete at the position. And while he had some rough agility scores, this is a 6'3", 230 pound brick house of a safety. And he can hit the heck out of you. He can tackle well. And the two comps at safety per, um, you know, Kentley Platty, uh, Math Bomb, RAS scores, etc. The two nearest guys that he had comped on his mathematical lists, Derwin James and Darren Woodson, pretty good company there, but just based on athletic profile. So he's a very interesting player, already showed up on special teams. And I do think he has the ability to maybe make a jump as either a hybrid linebacker safety, or maybe even just that safety. So very interested to see what Tariq Carpenter can do in year two. Now, another safety, one that I will readily admit I am not very familiar with, that is James Wiggins. Now, Wiggins was a seventh round pick in 2021, more of a free safety prospect where Carpenter probably more of a strong safety prospect, not that it matters all that much in today's modern NFL, uh, but Green Bay just picked him up in January. He is a 97th percentile athlete at free safety. And really the only thing holding him back from being even higher was his, was his height. He's just a little bit on the shorter side. His two of his top three comps from a athletic score standpoint, again, per Kentley Platty, uh, is Antoine Bethea, who had a really nice career in the NFL, and Rudy Ford, who just played a really nice season for Green Bay. So not maybe somebody that you are probably going to lean on to be a real true player on your, you know, on your defense this year. But if he can get involved from a special team standpoint and show his worth there, when you're that level of an athlete, special teams is where you can make your name. And that like if you're if you're like that type of player, right? Or some teams just taking a flyer at you, your goal is to make the team on special teams and then work your butt off in practice to get better at safety. 
And then I'm not saying hope for an injury, but at that point, like your only way you're getting in the game is if there is an injury. So I guess I'll say be prepared for an injury if it happens and then just go and show that you are capable of playing at a high level in the NFL and then go from there. And that's that's your route to making a team and making an impact. So it starts with special teams. Wiggins has that ability based on his athletic thresholds and testing. And I think he maybe has the, like more likely is probably just a practice squad guy this year, but those are the type of guys you see get elevated on game day because of their special teams ability. So I'm going to be interested to see what James Wiggins can do uh, this upcoming mini camp, OTA training camp, etc. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number seven on my list is Bo Melton. Seventh round pick just last year by the Seattle Seahawks. A 92nd percentile athlete at wide receiver. A little bit on the shorter side or slimmer side, 5'11", 189. Tested through the roof. A 4'3", 4'40 guy. He had 18 on the bench press at 5'11", 189. The top comp from an RAS standpoint was Percy Harvin. All right, so pretty decent company to be in there. He flew at the University of Rutgers. He was a player I was extremely interested in on day three of the draft last year. The Seahawks get him in the seventh round. And he was actually a player that I had mentioned. I said uh, a couple weeks before the Packers released Sammy Watkins, I said, if I was Green Bay, I would release Sammy Watkins and I would pick up Bo Melton from the Seahawks practice squad. I think I listed a couple players I'd be interested in, but Bo Melton from the Seahawks practice squad was one of them. They end up releasing Sammy Watkins and a couple weeks later, they go out and get Bo Melton from the Seahawks practice squad. So clearly, Brian Gutekind's huge fan of the Packaday podcast, but I was excited about that pickup. I'm still excited about that pickup, and I'm interested to see what he can do with a full offseason in Green Bay. Number six on my list, another seventh round pick from last year. That is Rasheed Walker. Now, Rasheed Walker is a very interesting story. This was a, a player that in last year's draft, a lot of draft analysts had at the very high end of day three, potentially as a fourth round pick, or at least somewhere in that realm. He lasts until the end of day three, a middle seventh round pick. And remember when Green Bay gets him in, he fights injuries and fights injuries and he can't practice and he can't do anything. 
And then the last week of the preseason rolls along and you're just like, I don't, I don't think Green Bay is going to be able to keep this guy. He hasn't been able to do anything the entire offseason. He practices a week, maybe a week and a half prior to that last preseason game. And he takes that last preseason game and he balls out. He was awesome. He was really, really good. And so much so that Green Bay felt compelled to keep him on the 53-man roster and basically use that red shirt like they did with Yash Nyman a couple of years previously in hopes that he can develop down the road. I was so impressed with Walker in his one preseason game. Now, he didn't get to do anything else basically the remainder of the year. So it, he's a completely unproven commodity. But this, again, is a guy that a lot of people had a much higher draft grade on going into the draft, falls to round seven, has his one preseason game, balls out, and now we're just going to have to wait and see. But I'm very, very also remember, he was a very high recruit coming out of high school as well. So I'm going to be very interested to see what Walker does in year two. Let's stick at the tackle position because they also found an undrafted free agent in Caleb Jones, who's an extremely interesting player. Now, I've talked about all these guys testing in like the 98th percentile athletically and things like that. Caleb Jones tested in the 18th percentile as an athlete. But one of the things that you will find from time to time are there are these players like Caleb Jones, who was 6'9", 370 at the time of his athletic testing, that when you are 6'9", 370, all right, there are certain things you are just not going to test well at. If you're 6'9", 370, you're not going to run the 40 as fast as some of the guys that are weighing 300 pounds. If you are 6'9", 370, you are not going to run the three cone and the short shuttle as fast as some of the guys who are 6'5", 305, right? It just is what it is. When you are that big, when you are a mammoth human being, you're not going to test well on the agility scores. You're not going to test well on the explosion scores. You're not going to test well on the speed scores. So you're going to test as a lower level athlete. But at 6'9", 370, he was a very impressive athlete, even if he was only in the 18th percentile for his position overall. Here's the thing. First of all, the player that he comps most likely to, or like most similar to, is Orlando Brown, the guy who had maybe one of the worst combine performances ever, but has been a fantastic offensive tackle in the NFL, including for the Chiefs this past season. So this is a player that has one superpower, basically. And if you are a late draft pick or a undrafted guy, you need to have one thing that you have at your disposal. And Caleb Jones has his size. 6'9", 370, good luck if you get that guy in a phone booth because he's going to be very hard to beat. And yes, I get low man wins, leverage wins. He has to battle that because he's 6'9", 370. He's not going to win against some quick guys on the outside, but his length and his size make him very tough to go against. So I do think that there is a way that he can be successful in the NFL. And he's just a very different flavor of offensive lineman than what Green Bay has. So he will be another redshirt guy. They redshirted him last year, 53-man roster uh, last year, and he's going to take some time to develop. But I'm very, very intrigued to see what Caleb Jones can ultimately become. And like I said, it's probably nothing, but maybe he goes throughout of Yash Nyman and maybe, just maybe, he can develop into a starting tackle down the road as well. Let's stick at the offensive tackle position because next up is my guy. No, he's not really my guy, but is Luke Tenuta. 6'8", 319, another guy with great height, uh, I guess tall height, great as in the eye of the beholder at offensive tackle. Because like I said, leverage, low man wins, et cetera. Sometimes height can be actually detrimental depending on how tall you are at the offensive line position. But 
still impressive, 6'8", 319. He was still in the 47th percentile for an athlete at the offensive line position, despite being 6'8", 319. The downside for him is he only had one more bench rep than Bo Melton did, who was, again, what, 189 pounds? So not the strongest guy in the world, needs an offseason in the Packers weight room. This was a sixth round pick just last year who goes to a couple other teams and then ends up in Green Bay uh, off of waivers. And remember though, at the end of last year, Luke Tenuta was, they had him higher on their depth chart than Caleb Jones or Rashid Walker. Their seventh round pick and their undrafted guy who was on the team earlier in the year. It was Luke Tenuta who got in the game prior to either Rashid Walker or uh, Caleb Jones. So this is somebody they seemingly think very highly of and will be very competitive in the offensive line room this offseason. All right, number three on my list is Austin Allen. Now, Austin Allen was one of my favorite undrafted guys last year, was very much hoping that Green Bay was going to sign him. The Giants signed him. I thought he had a chance to make the roster, and then he doesn't make the roster, and then shockingly doesn't even make their practice squad, and then just doesn't even sign with anyone or anyone's practice squad for an extended period of time. Finally, Green Bay picks him up, takes a flyer on him. There's not many tight ends on this roster. It's Gugamis, Austin Allen, and Josiah DeGuara right now. So there's just not that many guys, but I did really like this guy. 6'7", 253, great agility scores, tested really well outside of the bench press. He's going to need to put on some functional strength. He's not a blocker. He's more of a receiving tight end. He's an 80th percentile overall athlete. He can get up the seam as a tight end. He can use his size really well. He becomes a little bit more of a red zone threat because of that 6'7 size. Has some run after the catch ability. Like I said, I just found I found him a very fun prospect last year. I have some hopes for Austin Allen. Is he probably going to be cut? Yeah. Is he probably going to be maybe a practice squad guy at best? Yeah. But he was somebody that was very intriguing to me coming out of college. And I have some hopes that maybe he could become a little bit more than what he has shown so far. Number two is Tyler Goodson, 95th percentile athlete. We saw in limited snaps what he could do in preseason last year. He's got great bursts. He's a pretty dynamic runner. Maybe could be used as a kick returner. I like him as a running back quite a bit. Here's what I try to tell people all the time is if you're a Tyler Goodson, you're a little bit undersized, you're okay receiver out of the backfield, you're a good running back, right? Good running backs can be found anywhere, almost anywhere. The thing that you have to find a way to be able to do is everything else, meaning catch the ball well out of the backfield, which I think he actually can, but the big one is the ability to pick up the blitz. And he's an undersized guy. Now we can see undersized guys be successful in the NFL, but he's going to have to show that he's the total package. Because if you are not Aaron Jones and you're not AJ Dillon and you're the number three running back, what what are you going to be called in for, right? Unless you're going to be the primary returner, which if Keyshawn Nixon's back, he will not be. You, the only thing that Green Bay is asking you to do if you come in is going to, like, you have to do something, right? And at his size, he's not going to be a dynamic special teams guy. So as a number three running back, he's not going to be somebody that can help you with special team snaps. Like you say, he's probably not going to be a returner. He's probably not going to be a blitz pickup guy. And you're giving all of your handoffs to Jones and Dylan anyway. So Tyler Goodson, while I think he can be a dynamic runner at this point, just doesn't have a ton of value on your game day roster because you're not going to give him the ball anyway because Dylan and Jones are getting all the carries. But I do think he's a very talented back. And I do think if he gets the opportunity, he could be something that is one of those hidden gems where all of a sudden you get that running back, undrafted guy that just gets an opportunity. If he got 20 carries in a game, 
in Green Bay's offense, I I legitimately think he could be a hundred yard rusher. Like I think he could go for, you know, 22 carries, hundred yards and a touchdown and maybe like three catches for like 20 yards. I think he could be that guy. So I, I like Tyler Goodson and I'm hoping he gets a little bit more of a shot in 2023. And then number one on my list, probably a name that you've heard me talk about before, that's Ennis Gaines. I think we lose sight of the fact that in the final three games with Green Bay's season on the line against the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Lions, Ennis Gaines became at times their nickel guy, but was at minimum their dime guy. He played 13 snaps, 18 snaps, and 13 snaps in the final three games and wasn't at safety. The majority of it was as a nickel corner. Like they used him legitimately in the slot. And that's not even his good position. Like he's a safety. And the fact that they had trust for like putting him out there in those scenarios in the slot with the season on the line shows that they trust this guy. This is a guy that was going to get drafted coming out of college and then fought an injury, wasn't able to do the combine or any testing prior to, ends up an undrafted free agent, spends a little bit of time in Green Bay, gets injured again, ends up off the roster, tries out for the Jets. Green Bay brings him back, ultimately gets him on their actual 53-man roster, and he gets playing time at the end of last year. And he is trending in the right direction. He is a good special teams player. And I think he legitimately could be a, a real player for Green Bay on defense this year. And it would not shock me. It would not shock me. If you told me somebody on this list was a starting player at some point this year, it would not shock me if Ennis Gaines was a starting safety at some point this year. Now, I don't think that's ideal. I don't think you're going into the season being like, yeah, we are just, we're super geeked. We think Ennis Gaines is going to be one of the top safeties in the league, anything like that. But I think if you had a really good defense, I think Ennis Gaines could be better than a Charlie Pepra on your Super Bowl winning team. Now they had a team the def, yeah, defense stacked full of insane players, right? Charles Woodson, Nick Collins, Sam Shields, Tremont Williams, Colin Jenkins, Nick Barnett, Desmond Bishop, Clay Matthews, BJ Raji, you, you know the rest. So if, if you have that style of defense, you can get away with a couple of Charlie Peppers and Frank Zombos, right? But I do think if you have a really good defense, I think Ennis Gaines could play one of those safety spots and you'd be pretty okay with it. So I'm interested to see what he can do. I'm hopeful that he can make a jump in 2023 and I will be keeping a close eye on Innis Gaines. So that is my list. Just to recap, Samori Toure, Tariq Carpenter, James Wiggins, Bo Melton, Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta, Austin Allen, Tyler Goodson, and Innis Gaines. So for all of you who are hoping, I don't want to hear any more about Rodgers. I know we talked about him a little bit at the onset. Today, we got to talk about 10 guys that you probably haven't heard a whole heck of a lot out of at least in a while, right? So you're welcome for that. Like I said, this is you can see the smile on my face because this is the stuff I love talking about. And how much impact these 10 guys are going to make combined on the 2023 Packers is probably pretty minimal. But hey, if one or two of these guys can make an impact, that would make a very big difference for Green Bay this upcoming season. So hopefully that does in fact end up being the case. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks so much for joining. I'll see you tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.